0: Welcome to the Create Equity podcast. I'm your host Andrew Taylor. In our last episode, we heard from Louise Garrity, a member of Create Equity's editorial team, about their research on the impact of TV watching on public health and well-being. In this episode, we'll explore television and the arts from the perspective of an artist working in both. Our guest is Cui Gwen, a playwright and screenwriter. Kui is co-founder of Vampire Cowboys, a theater company known for what they call Geek Theater. It's an explosive combination of multimedia, pop culture, puppetry, fight choreography, and diverse casting. Quee recently began writing for television as well, in addition to his theater commissions. To start, I asked Quee how he found his way into his particular brand of creative work.
1: So the, my pop culture influence kind of came from just the fact that, like, when I first started writing, I think my first initial impulses and wants and desires were to write for TV, film. Uh, I, I grew up just loving black exploitation flicks, Tarantino films. Um, uh Kevin Smith flicks, comic books. It was it, it was it was all those things that kind of first informed me of dramatic storytelling and then, you know, like any kid who went to theater in high school and, and college, that was sorta of where uh, I got bit by that bug, that, that that desire to to create live performance. And, you know, like uh when I got to New York and I started creating shows with Robert and started Vampire Cowboys with him and uh my wife Abby Marcus, like um like uh, I think there was this want desire to bring theater to uh, that, that geek populace that didn't feel like they had, you know, like when I talked to my fellow friends at like comic book stores and stuff, they didn't feel like theater was for them. They felt like theater was something that was stuffy, something that was uh, quote unquote, kind of just talking heads on a stage. They didn't feel like it was really anything that would interest them. Uh, so that kind of gave me uh, that mission to create theater that was with them, to show them that live performance wasn't just two people sitting in a living room talking about their family issues. It was, it could be, uh, for what we do, like it could be sci-fi adventures and, and fighting zombies and killing vampires and cowboy you know flicks and stuff like that. That could be all those things. But also... It was. It allowed us to talk about social issues and to talk about you know uh, things that dealt with uh, character and, and emotion. But you know our, our background just happened to be something that was a little bit more visually stimulating. I would say uh, so. It's like can't come in for the comic book, leave for you know the the stories. You know so uh, or stay for the stories. I don't know what that expression is. I'm really bad at idioms. Uh, and so so that that's <laughs> kind of. I think that's what it, as, in a very uh, not clear way, <laughs> I think that's where it all came from.
0: So often we think of live theater as different from film and television, with a different pace and energy and even different subject matter. But it seems like you've found more similarities than differences, especially now that you're working in both television and theater. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, I think for for me, like, I think storytelling storytelling in a lot of ways. You know, like, I think that the best, you know, like, you know, like, I mean, TV, I think there there's TV's like TV in the '80s and '90s. I'll admit, probably wasn't the greatest medium in the world. Uh, It was built for something else. I could see why playwrights weren't, uh, you know, running to it as a as a medium because you know, like sitcoms were kind of uh, when it came to writers, it, it was built more on that kind of multiple jokes on a page premise. So stand-ups were kind of, uh, you know, trickling to that way more than playwrights were. And then uh, hour-longs were all procedurals. So they were, like, law and order and CSIs. And, and that gets really boring for a playwright to have to stick to a certain formula over and over and over again. So I could see, and that was kind of like your kind of basic 80s and 90s television. I mean, you did have things like Twin Peaks that bro- broke the mold at that time and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But even Buffy had, like, a procedural el- element to it. But it wasn't until, like... You know HBO and and Showtime really exploded. uh, That that cable television became a big deal, uh, and and stories stopped being those hour long stories stopped being about uh, the procedural element. It was about the characters. It was about relationships. It was about uh, complex uh, issues that people were going through. But mainly, the big thing was it wasn't just plot plot plot. It was sitting down and just learning these characters. Plots became very, very slow. Like you watch today like an episode of The Americans, and it, and, and literally you can watch, or I just watched the season premiere of Mr. Robot, the, the two-hour premiere of uh, season two of Mr. Robot. And if you really sit down and think about what happened in that episode, not very much, you know? And that's something that would never happen in, in the 80s. But now you can have that, but it was still riveting. It was still just like I couldn't stop watching it. And clearly, it's a very successful television. So it's not just me; a lot of people can't stop watching it. But it is about character. It is about internal struggle. It is about things that traditionally was more a storytelling element that would exist on stage, not for TV. And you're seeing more TV like that. Uh, And I think that's why so many playwrights are just running to the medium because it's it's embracing what we do. It's allowing us to tell stories. Uh, in a way that that we can succeed in, uh, that we'll still find artistically satisfying uh, in you know 2016, where in the 80s it felt like you know if you wanted to tell serialized stories, if you wanted to tell character stories, uh, it, was, it was soap operas and a lot of uh, playwrights that taught me when I was growing, you know, like a lot of my influences. I know that you know when they were trying to make uh, you know pay pay the bills during the 80s and 90s, they were either you know they were writing plays, but they were also either teaching it colleges, which is really hard because there's not a lot of teaching jobs out there when it comes to being in New York. And the other place was writing for soaps. And now soaps, because of like Hulu and Amazon, because you can suck in serialized stories so easily, you don't have to. Soaps have really kind of disappeared. So that's not a medium where a lot of playwrights run to anymore. Uh, But the good side is there's 400 Rogers rooms out there. There's so much content for primetime. And even like your 30 minute half hours have, have changed. Like at first, it was that hour long space where playwrights kind of fit in when it came to like weeds and things. Or like the hour long the Sopranos and, and uh, the Americans and things like that. But now you're seeing even the half hour format kind of change. Like you're seeing things like transparent. Uh, and girls and, uh, and 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 shows like on HBO, they're only half hour, but they're not co- quote unquote comedies. They're not 20, you know, three jokes per page uh, per minute. They're stories about characters. Uh, so playwrights have a place even in the half hour arena as well as the hour long, hour long arena. And that's just a lot more opportunity. And I think it's just, uh, I, honestly, I just think there's just a lot more just. Just a lot more opportunities for better storytelling to be seen on television, and I think um, that's not the, not to, to crap on what was happening in the 80s and 90s. It was just uh, you know that that was that that was for kind of like disposable television. You know, television in the 80s, 90s was you know you flip on the television while you're making dinner, you catch you know you catch a minute of like Seinfeld and you get some laughs, but you could turn it off and it wasn't like you know it wasn't like you had to stick to it now it's television that you're, you're created to binge watch for 8 hours or 10 hours, uh, for 13 hours, whatever it is. And and that is really, I think, where playwrights are really starting to excel in. That's why there's, you know, I know writers' rooms right now, um, you know, that are literally every single writer in the room, their background is playwriting. Or they're, this, you know, and, and so th- that was unheard of in the 80s and 90s. But now... Uh, and I don't think it's a fad I think it's because America uh, or or the the general audience wants uh stories that are or that that just have a little bit more weight a little bit more depth uh playwrights that's just our training our training is to to dig deep not to always run forward and I think television writers uh you know traditional television writers are trained to just run forward uh and 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 I and I get it it's it's the thing that they have to juggle uh, when I write TV now, is I have to always remember I'm moving forward. I'm not just always digging deep, uh, and it's it's kind of a you know, a, you know, just trying to figure out where that you know where my barometer is and making that work, uh, especially since I'm writing for a sci-fi show where a lot of our action is about moving forward.
0: So um, you're talking about how '80s and '90s television uh, was one kind of medium, and so, and nowadays it's something different, more mm-hmm. friendly to the playwright. And certainly seems more friendly to indie filmmakers, too. Oh, absolutely. Um, A lot of of
1: flicks are... I mean, my, my favorite thing that I've seen recently is Stranger Things that just premiered this week on Netflix, and... The Duffer Brothers, I mean, I think they've done like what, one or maybe two indie flicks and that's it? Like and that that's just an amazing show. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely definitely more open to indie filmmakers as well.
0: Do you know do you have a sense of what happened? So what happened between the eighties and nineties and now? Is it just the bandwidth that opened up or what well, or I, your energy I, changed to make well, it friendly to playwrights?
1: Well, I, I mean I I think it it really was I mean, it's it's always about like just like Hamilton has opened up hip hop to a general audience on Broadway, I think you 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 need like those shows. I mean, like the thing is, television. I mean, theater is too, to a certain extent. I think less so, but. But to a certain extent, we're we're a copycat medium, right? Like, we we see something that succeeds, and then, like, a a lot of companies or a lot of producers will try to run towards the thing that succeeded, right? And, like, the thing that kind of blew that up for us was those early HBO shows, right? It was uh, literally, like, The Sopranos and Oz and The Wire and, you know, those shows that just the storytelling just had a lot more depth to it. But it wasn't – and – and it wasn't just depth; it just it took its time. Like everyone, when when you sit here, when you're, you know, here in LA, when you're talking about you know, cable television versus network television, uh, and cable being more progressive uh, as a storytelling medium, it's it's just uh, it you, what we you tend to talk about is how cable takes time. It just it doesn't feel like it has to tell you every beat of the story, and you know. In like fifteen minutes, it's it, it's going to take its time. It's going to let uh, characters just you know experience their day in real time uh, a little bit, and and because of that, it's just it's it's it feels like stage time in a lot of ways. Um, when it comes to indie filmmaking, I think when there's four hundred writers rooms out there, that's like with that, that's I mean that's a lot of content out there. You know, like you know back in the eighties and nineties, if you said you wrote for a TV show. I don't care what you, you I mean, you might not even watch it, the, the show. Like, if you said, "Hey, like I, I write for," you know, everybody loves Raymond. Everyone knows what that show is, right? Like, it didn't matter. Like, it you know, I, I wrote you know, like the '80s because television was primarily our new content was primarily the the major networks ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. Um, this pre CW, but like it, like any show that you wrote on, people pretty much heard of it. Now, because you know, you, you don't just have that, you also have cable, you also have online content like Netflix and Hulu uh, and, and Amazon Prime. Uh, now I can literally say, I could I could tell you I write for Incorporated, and I, I'm pretty sure that most of your listeners probably haven't heard of it, one, we haven't come out yet. But, uh, but you know, like, but even if we were a hit, it feels like I don't know if everybody's heard of it or seen a glimpse of it like they would have in the 80s and 90s. With that much opportunity, with that much content out there, you know, I feel like uh, networks or producers, programmers, um, they're looking for work now to not just be solid, but they're looking for, for stuff that will stick out, that will make their show special. Um, and some of it is that's why I think there's more genre television out there. You see like things like The Flash and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Daredevil and Jessica Jones succeed. But you're also seeing dramas that deal with not just... You know, you know, thirty somethings in a house. You, you're dealing with like transparent. You're looking at girls. You're looking at, you know, just you're looking at different angles to to a thing. It's not just all cop dramas anymore, right? Because they're trying to find ways to stick out. An element to that is not just the story, the kind kind of stories they're telling, but who's telling those stories. They are looking at indie filmmakers who have an eye to something different to to come in and 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 create uh things that will make will draw attention because remember they have to they have to somehow pull your attention out of you know at any given moment 400 new shows that's out there uh and that's not an easy task for anyone um and so i think that that lead, it opens up opportunities for more innovative artists uh to 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 work in this medium uh so all the weirdos out there that felt like oh i could never write for you know or create content for everyone in america so oddly now people who would have been uh, kind of relegated to downtown theater like myself or, like, real far reaches of uh, indie flicks. Or now, now we're getting opportunity to kind of get a chance at the big time because... They're looking for something different. They're looking for someone who does who goes against the grain, who thinks outside the box. I mean, it's it's kind of the success story of Julie Taymor, right? She was a downtown art, and I'm using theater for my example, but she was a downtown theater artist who worked with with puppets uh, and like you know international stories, using stories not that were that weren't American. And then Disney came by and was like, hey. Do you want to get your hand at Lion King because we don't want to go up there and stick up you know, Disneyland-type puppets up there because that would look silly for what is actually a very moving story? And then Julie Taymor had a chance to go to the general populace with her in her downtown vision. And then created the Lion King, this you know billion dollar uh, theatrical event that still runs today on Broadway that still tours across the nation. Likewise, you know that's I, I think that that's why uh, TV's doing the, doing a lot of the same things, like looking at some of the more innovative, the more tricky writers, and not that's not because like the truth is just because you have a big imagination doesn't mean you can't also tell a moving, uh, emotional grounded story you know like young Jean lee can tell huge huge stories that have a lot of imagination but like you watch her plays and they're still very emotion- emotionally moving they're still very very grounded uh and i think that like someone like that is what i think tv's trying to tap into artists of uh, uh, you know that, that have big imaginations but at the same time uh can tell really good characters stories
0: So now you've moved out to the West Coast, and you're not only working as a playwright for live theater, but also as a writer for a new show on the Sci-Fi Channel. How are those two kinds of work different or the same for you?
1: The work is, well, I mean, as a playwright, uh, like the reason why I'm a playwright instead of a novelist is because I, I, I need people. As part of my process, I need to be around actors and directors and designers, and I need to be able to collaborate and talk to folks, right? And that's why I love being a playwright. I love, I have time to write by myself all alone in, in my space and then I have a time when I'm with people but I need the people for a part you know like that that's that's not you know, otherwise I'd be a novelist right uh tv writing is 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 all the stuff I love about that second part like the difference is instead of writing by myself and then going to a room I'm now just I just go to a room you know i have other writers that i write with i collaborate with we pitch ideas for the story for the story arc um and then we and then then we get sent away to write our scripts you know alone in our offices and then we come back in the group to to clean up and stuff like that and i find that super enjoyable i find it uh i mean and it and of course it's going to be just like theater it's always going to be about who's in the room right like it's, uh, if you're in a room with very open-minded, very collaborative artists, it's going to be more enjoyable than being in a room full of jerks. And that can happen in theater. It can happen in television, right? You, I, you know, so, so you just kind of cross your fingers uh, and, and hope that when you show up day one, the, the people in that room are just up to working together. Uh, and, and, and I guess the difference between theater and film is in theater, I have a little bit more power to choose my room because I'm the playwright. In TV I kind of don't <laughs> like or I know I don't I just come in I'm like who got hired <laughs> and, and, and you cross your fingers that's all cool people uh, but either way I, I you know I mean they are different without a doubt but because uh, in theater like it's my play so I get I get you know legally I get all you know I get final say on what's gonna be said uh, in television that is truly not the case <laughs> like I literally can write a script and before it ever gets to the actor like someone can rewrite it You know, uh, but, but, uh, but at the same time, you're, you know, luckily the room that I'm in, it's, it's, it's not in any way, uh, you know, there's, everyone gets along very well, we, we collaborate very well, we, uh, and, and, you know, so, and and we're all working towards creating, hopefully, you know, a great show, Uh, but you never know, that's the, that's the other wacky thing about TV, like, you, you never know what that product's gonna be, like, you know, you put, you send out the scripts, you get notes, and then, Uh, those notes could be for any reason like you know the the actor can't say that line it doesn't come out well from their mouth like you know and that's a collaborate something that you do in theater you know like oh that, that line doesn't sound good in that actor's mouth but then you also have things that are just weird things when it comes to budget and like oh we can't use that name that you like because there happens to be someone else with that exact same name in Toronto where we're shooting the flick and you're like oh well I guess I'll have to change that name so it's just there's other strange little problems that you run into Uh, but you know so far the dailies have come in they look really great and I I just crossed my fingers that um, America responds.
0: So now it seems like you're you're pretty well established in the theater universe you've Mm -hmm. now got a major gig in the television universe is this the way your career is going to flow for a while in both worlds or do you think um you'll be pivoting toward one or another
1: uh no my my goal uh is, is to, to 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 balance uh both very very clearly. i mean like i i don't i i honestly don't want to be more of a theater artist than a tv artist but i also don't want to be more of a tv artist than a theater artist that's just not uh i have no interest in that i my interests are to do both like i you know, as I write TV, I still have like seven commissions that I'm working on uh, from a lot of different theaters from New York to across the nation. I don't plan on not writing those, and I and I plan on having all those shows produced. Uh, likewise, in TV, I'm still pitching shows. I you know I've sold a couple of things, like, and I want those to 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 make it on air. You know, if it goes through that process, and I'm so lucky to have it air. Like, I want that to succeed too. So I I definitely want both to exist, and I think it's because of. The kind of stories I'm allowed to tell in both, you know, like in a lot of ways, it's, it's, I don't think I'm an interesting TV writer without my theater. And I think that I'm a better theater writer because of my TV. So I think both of those things actually feed each other quite well.
0: I've been talking with Kui Gwen, a playwright and screenwriter. He's found a unique creative voice and multiple places to express that voice on stage and on screen. But can everyone get that chance? In our next episode, I'll be talking with Rebecca Yenowen about her work helping young people find their unique voice, and then share it by making television rather than just consuming it. You've been listening to the Equity Podcast, created in collaboration with Fractured Atlas.